The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? Uh, it's it's definitely, I think, probably going better for pretty much everybody at this point. If you're a fan of the Montreal Canadiens, your Montreal Canadiens win a game. They beat the San Jose Sharks in San Jose by a score of 4 to nothing, a shutout victory. The last time the Montreal Canadiens beat the San Jose Sharks in San Jose, it was 1999. All right, that should tell you how difficult it's been for this team to get a goddamn win uh, in San Jose. Uh, it's been a very long time, over 20 years, in fact. Myself, I was nine years old the last time it happened. I am 31. I feel old. I feel every bit of 31 uh, because it's one o'clock in the morning and I'm recording a podcast uh, and I still got to go to bed and work in the morning. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of this season of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and that was much better. Much, much, much better than that last game in Seattle. Uh, all around, right? Uh, let's face it, obviously they got a shutout, and we're going to get to that. We're going to get to the man behind that shutout. Uh, but overall, uh, a much better game. It started out pretty well. Um, I think that... They were kind of flipping the puck up in the air, which, again, I've been complaining about that in every single episode so far this season, that <clears throat> part of their breakout strategy seems to be these stretch passes and these flips out of the zone. So they were doing a little bit of that, but they were also, I noticed, actually trying to skate the puck through the neutral zone. What a novel idea, right? So honestly, not looking too bad. Uh, the Sharks seem to be getting the better of the chances anyways, but... The Habs were getting the better quality chances. They were starting to get some things down in the slot, down low, uh, creating a little bit of lateral movement from uh, Aiden Hill in net for the Sharks. And they would strike first. They would. Uh, point shot gets a rebound. Mike Hoffman takes it. Little deke around Aiden Hill. Uh, pots it in the net. one nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. Canadians spent uh, four minutes of the first period shorthanded. They got two penalties and the Sharks got none. Uh, and still, they managed to keep the shots about even and they finished the first period with a one-goal lead. Pretty good, especially coming off that game in Seattle. Uh, I mean, you, you're, you're taking it, right? I think the, the Sharks had more shot attempts, so, you know, the old Corsi was in favor of the Sharks. But you take what you can get right now with the Montreal Canadiens and we're, we're absolutely taking a one-nothing lead after a period. Uh, and things got better in the second period. The Habs definitely came out uh, looking better in the second period, by my estimation, anyways. The Sharks are still getting their chances. Uh, that that man who I'm not going to talk about yet, he's, he's making some saves. Don't worry, we're going to talk about him. Uh, but the Habs, they get a penalty, or a power play, sorry. 
So they get a power play. Uh, sure, as God's got sandals, their power play sucks. Uh, didn't look very good at all. Um, they got maybe a couple of shots on goal. I want to say two, but uh, nothing really threatening. So they're still up one nothing. Not too long after the failed power play, however, um, a beautiful play down low by Jonathan Drouin. Uh, kind of steals the puck. You know, he's stick handling in a phone booth. He turns, throws a beautiful pass back to the point to Alexander Romanov, who unleashes a clapper from distance. He let that one go from St. Petersburg, baby, and he put it in. 2 nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, Habs get another power play later in that same frame. Right, This time it was a bad knee uh, on David Savard. Uh, looked a little bit ugly, but he was fine. He got up. Real quick, he took a penalty later in the period too, but no, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, but the Montreal Canadiens finally, what have I been saying for the last seven episodes is that when they get on the power play, they're constantly looking for these stupid long point shots that have no chance of going in. Uh, but they finally, again, go to the slot. Right, Nick Suzuki finds Josh Anderson, who finds Brendan Gallagher directly in front of Aiden Hill, and he bangs it in to make it 3 nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. And what a relief it is to see this power play actually make an effort to get to the slot. I can't stress enough uh, how stressful it's been for me watching this power play constantly take these long point shots that go nowhere. Right, um, Just wonderful to actually see them go to the slot. I hope that somehow that goal right there, that they take that, you know, watch film on it and figure out how do we replicate this on a regular basis? Because if they can do that, you know, they'll, they'll actually be able to score some goals in the power play. And uh, maybe this team won't have to uh, be a basement dweller all season and we won't have to uh, tank for Shane Wright. I don't know. It's a good idea at the very least. Let's continue doing that. And anyways, we end the second period with that 3 nothing lead, right? And in the third period, here's where we're going to talk about that man. Jake Allen played one of the best games that you're ever going to see from a goaltender. That was a treat to watch, ladies and gentlemen. An absolute treat to watch. In the third period, the Sharks, you know, score effects kick in. The Habs are kind of just trying to play prevent which is, is never too smart when it comes to NHL games. But when you have a goaltender playing as well as Jake Allen did against the San Jose Sharks, I mean, it again, you don't want to play prevent necessarily, but it's pretty fun to do that and see what that man can do because, my God, he was making every kind of save. He made some excellent uh, cross-crease saves where he's like sliding across the crease and having to stretch his blocker out a la Carey Price. Uh, he made a number of insane saves where the Sharks got down low in front and he had to make not only the first save, but he had to save multiple rebounds as well, uh, covering the puck up. He made saves through traffic. It's like he had x-ray vision and could see where the puck was going, even if they had screens in front of him. He was unbelievable. He was absolutely unbelievable. Uh, it's one of the better goaltending performances I've been treated to while watching a hockey game. Um you know, and and I've been watching Carey Price for the last uh, 15 years of my life, so that should say a lot. This was an absolute masterclass by Jake Allen, and I gotta say, I'm incredibly impressed that after getting shelled like he did uh, in the Seattle game, that he came out and played like that. I hope that 
more games like that are on the horizon from him. Um, and I hope that they don't, I, like, I hope he doesn't have to get shelled every time in order to come out and play angry like that. Uh, because that, man, that was a treat to watch. That was unbelievable. And of course, Josh Anderson added the empty netter. I was tweeting during the game. I was like, I hope to God they let Jake Allen get a shot at the empty net. Uh, but it didn't come. He didn't get that chance. Uh, but that's okay. You know what? The team closed it out. Uh, so in the final two minutes after Anderson put it in the empty net, uh, they did a pretty good job keeping things away from him uh, and allowing him to get that shutout uh, because, boy, did he deserve it. Um, unbelievable. I honestly, no, I, I think I've, I've said a lot of words, but I don't, I don't even think those words cover it. Uh, I, I don't know what else I could say. It was an absolutely amazing game. 44 saves. 44 saves. Um, yeah. So, player of the game, um, Jonathan Drouin, obviously. Uh, he played amazing. He was all over the place. He was flying around. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Jake Allen's your player of the game. But let's be honest. He wasn't the only one out there. And this was a better game than we're accustomed to from them. Drouin played great. Uh, honestly, I, I want to give him player of the game because uh, anybody who follows this podcast or reads my work on EOTP, you know I'm a big fan of his. Uh, he was honestly great. He was flying. He was stealing pucks. He was beating everybody to loose pucks. He was great. Um, who else played really well? Um, Brendan Gallagher finally finds a scoreboard. Deserved it. He's getting down low. He's getting to those dirty areas like he likes to do. Um, hopefully, that's a sign of more things to come from him. Uh, Christian Dvorak, I thought, had a great game as well. Um, Nick Suzuki, honestly, pretty good game. Alexander Romanov, great game. He even had a fight, uh, Romanov, at the end of the game. He landed a, a big hit, and then he got visit from, uh, what's his face over there? Uh, Jonah, Jonah Gajevic uh, came over and fought him at the end of the game uh, for, for hitting him. Uh, you know, clean hit. Uh, don't know why he has to get into a fight for a clean hit, but he had a good game overall and a, a great shot uh, to get the 2 nothing goal as well. And last but not least, uh, Mike Hoffman had a fantastic game. Uh, obviously scored the opening goal for the Habs. And uh, aside from that, he was dangerous all game long. Uh, not just with his shot either. Like he was making some really, uh, really nice zone entry passes and uh, inside the zone passes. He seems like when, when he cocks back and the threat of his shot backs defenders off. Like they seem legitimately to scoot back a little bit when he pulls it back and makes it look like he's going to shoot. Um, and he seems to be using that to his advantage really well. Like he's creating space and uh, just a, a great game from him overall. Um, honestly, I know I sound probably more excited than I have for any other TSM or BSM, sorry, this season. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Like that was maybe their best game. I mean, it's, it's hard to top the Detroit game because obviously they smoked them. But Detroit didn't offer a whole lot of resistance, right? San Jose offered resistance here. They did. And the Habs did pretty well. They got more than 30 shots. I think that's the first time this season they had more than 30 shots, except maybe uh, the Detroit game. But even the Detroit game, I'm not sure. Uh, I'd have to go back and check. And honestly, I'm too lazy to do that. I just want to finish this podcast so I can go to bed. But the point here is, um, you know, whether they've gotten 30 shots in another game or not, um, what I saw out of this game was they actually... Uh, you know, first of all, they came together and they were able to generate some offense, four goals, one of them being an empty netter, so let's not count that, three goals. Uh, more than they have in most games this season, right? We're used to them getting one, 
right? It's it's either been one or six. Uh, they somehow found a middle ground here, right? We can score more than one goal without necessarily having to turn it into a route, right? And they got the goaltending. Um, obviously, the you don't want to give up 44 shots against, right? But if you're going to do it, do it when your goaltender's at his best, right? And a lot of those shots too, they, they you know they did get a fair amount of shots in the third period when the game was uh, not necessarily out of hand, but being up three nothing, you know, score effects, right? But Jake Allen, uh, Jake Allen says, "Damn your score effects! I don't care, uh, you know, take as many shots as you want in the third period. I'm stopping all of them." Uh, again, man, what a performance by him! Uh, if he can do that, um, you know, with a little bit more regularity. Until Carey Price gets back, maybe, maybe, and this is a big maybe, this team can get back on track. Um, you know, it's still early, right? I'm still pretty, pretty upset about this start overall, but that game's got me a little bit more excited. I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm feeling ready to uh, see this team in their next game, which of course is going to be on Saturday at 4 p.m. We get a little afternoon delight. Afternoon delight. Whatever. I'm not going to sing. Uh, and we're going to see, for the first time, uh, the Los Angeles Kings with Philippe Dano. So it's going to be a little bit weird uh, seeing Dano on the other side of the puck. Um, not going to like that. Not going to like that. But here's hoping that the Habs can give us an overall game that we will like. All right? So thank you, everybody, for listening. We are running, what, uh, over 13 minutes today. Long. So guess what? Grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. I'll be back again on Saturday, of course. Uh, and until then, as always, we're on Spotify, uh, Megaphone, uh, Google Play, Apple. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I'd appreciate it very much. And à la prochaine. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.